97X, The Future of Rock and Roll with Concrete Blonde and Joey. Ministry with Jesus Built My Hot Rod, and we got things underway with the Indigo Girls. Hard to believe that coming up this Memorial Day weekend, it'll be the Modern Rock 500. We will count down the top 500 Modern Rock songs of all time. Will your favorite make the list? Find out this Memorial Day weekend. D- Dave. Dave. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're doing it again. You're doing one of those flashbacks. Right. No, there's no Modern Rock 500 coming up. You're thinking about your 97X days, but those are long gone. Yeah. Yeah, we're just great too- station. It- I, you know, I, I still have a shift to do tonight at six, so I better get going. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you know, if that works for you, that's fine. But actually, we're just doing a podcast about those good old days called 97X Rumblings from the Big Bush. But the good news is, strangely, you have this knack for when you go into that reverie, you you yeah. seem to channel something that that actually applies to a guest we have. And today we have Robin James joining us, and she is, she's a professor at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte. She's a 97X fan from way back when, and she is deep, deep, deep into the modern rock 500. Isn't that right, Robin? Yeah, I wrote uh, an article for Belt Magazine last year to celebrate the 30th anniversary of the first modern rock 500, and I dug into all the charts, and I've been analyzing them in all sorts of ways. So how did you first come across 97X? Um, I was thinking about this recently, and um, I remember I was a student uh, at Hopewell Junior School in the late 80s, and I loved the B-52s, right? So Cosmic Thing had just come out, and I heard it on the radio, and I'm like, this is this band is the best. And my friend Gretchen said, well, if you like the B-52s, you should check out this radio station. She gave me the, you know, it's 97.7, you tune in, and I've just been I was amazed. I was like, this is so amazing. This is um, exactly the kind of music that I really love. It's way better than New Kids on the Block, which was what all my friends liked at the time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And um, it just made me a music fan, just listening, listening to 97X from the time I was in, you know, junior school through even when I moved to Chicago for grad school, I used to stream online. So I listened from the late 80s right up through the end. Okay, so did you go to college then in the area? You could still listen in college? Oh yeah, uh, I was uh, Miami class of 2000. So oh. I was in college right when um, they start, y'all started streaming. Uh, ironically, of course, I'm in Oxford where the signal is best <laughs> once it goes online. <laughs> um, but uh, it, was, it was great to have, to have the streaming uh, station to take with me when I, when I finally moved away uh, for school, for grad school. Okay, so undergrad at Miami, and then grad school in Chicago, and what did you? What was your post grad work in? So I study the philosophy of music. I'm interested in like why people certain kinds of music good and certain music is bad. I focus mainly on um, the kinds of musics that came out of the '70s with punk, pop, and disco sort of all bubbling up in London and New York at the same time. I write a lot about things like I've written about. MFDM and Atari Teenage Riot. Um, I've written about Peaches, Beyonce, all, all kinds of popular music stuff. I've written one book, a 2015 book, sort of on like why EDM was starting to really be influential in popular music at the time. And uh, what I'm working on now is a book about 97X. Tell us more about that. 
after the station shut, I'm like, you know, someone should write a book about this. It needs to be, there needs to be a, a sort of record of the station so that when we're all gone and forgotten, the station is not. And I kept thinking, someone should write this book. Someone should write this book. And I'm like, well, I could write that book because I am a credentialed popular music scholar, right? I have the, the background and the knowledge to do that. So I started working on it um, around last year when I was finishing up another project. It's at the stage where I'm, you know, sort of shopping for a publisher. You know, the purpose of the book is really, like I said, on the one hand, to kind of get an official record of the station and what it was and what it was about so that there's a, you know, it's in libraries and it's in archives and things like that. Because I know, um, like you've talked to Shiv on the podcast before, and he has that archive there. But part of the book project is really to sort of take information that's out there, but kind of informally curated by former staff and listeners and sort of have a, an official place for that information, right? Because I think WOXY was important to a lot of people. And I think it's important even to people who don't quite know about it yet. And the, the purpose of the book is also to, to sort of communicate what I see as the, the, the greater lesson of WOXY. Even, so even though it's, it's over now, what's interesting about WOXY was that it, it was really this community of people invested in independence right, being independent, do it yourself, that sort of thing. But over the period of the station's existence, this idea of DIY, right, that sort of you got from punk and then was really, you know, sort of central to modern rock and 97X in particular, got co-opted by the very corporate mainstream that DIY was rebelling against in the first place, right? That's the gig economy, right? We're all independent now. Um, <laughs> and that kind of independence is not so great. It usually just means, you know, uh, no benefits and sick day. The values of the station and the people, the community involved in it, developed some um, practices and values and uh, strategies for fighting back against this new corporate mainstream, right? So I think WOXY has for even people who don't care about music, right? I think I think there's something valuable about the station and its community that the general public can care about too. So part of the intention of the book is to to communicate that as well, right? Like what what the value of this phenomenon in this community is for the world, I guess you could say. Robin, when you first heard 97X, would you think that, you know, 25 or so years later you'd be writing a book about it? No. <laughs> No, and in fact, even two or three years ago, I didn't think that I would write a book about it, right? It was, writing books is something that I do, but I never thought, I thought it would always be someone else, but I guess I'm kind of the person, that, that good intersection of like, I care deeply about the station and I lived it for a long time. And I also have kind of the academic background, right? To, yeah. to bring research to bear on it, to sort of make sense of it and translate it for a general audience. 11-year-old me would have had no idea <laughs> that I was going to do this. But So you have uh, to dedicate the book to Gretchen, right? Your friend that told yeah, you about 97X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will. Are you still in touch with Gretchen? Have you lost contact? Yeah, we're, we're friends on Facebook. She's oh. uh, an English professor at Texas University. 
What's yeah. with all these professors? So we talked to actually one of our former co-ops or interns, co-producers, uh, is teaching at Miami. And there's another gentleman that we hope to have on a future podcast. I care. I think he might be somewhere in Virginia. James Madison, perhaps. So what, why is that? Why, why do all the 97X listeners become scholars? Well, I remember, so I've been digging deep into like the, the Enquirer and Daily News archives in lieu of being able to go visit Shiv and dig into the station archive <laughs> since we're all uh, sheltering in place now. But um, I remember there's this quote from Rick Tile that says, our audience is educated and sophisticated. So, I mean, you're already sort of drawing from people who, yeah, he said, educated, sophisticated, and they like to find out about new things. So curious people, I think, become like to have jobs where they can be curious and creative. So that that's my theory. That's did, my theory. did Shiv get you a copy of our mission statement? I found it on the Wayback Machine. Good. Yeah, because it's something like socially and environmentally conscious mm-hmm. people who are independent and free thinking. Yeah. Yes. I have it framed in my basement. I would take you down there sometime when we can actually see each other and show you that. Yeah. I still have that. <laughs> You know, but what I love about that mission statement is it shows that like being independent is something that you have to do with and for other people, mm-hmm. right? You're socially minded. It's a communal thing. And that's, I think, what sets sort of W-O-X-Y apart as a worldview, right? It's being independent, being different, but being doing that with and for other people, right? As part of a community. It's not just us isolated. 97X. Shit. Special so the future of rock and roll. Looking back, is there a particular concert that you thought was the best show? It had the same vibe, everyone was on the same page? Well, there was um I was in Chicago maybe in 2015 for Cold Waves, which is the Wax Tracks festival that they yes. put on every year there. Um, and I remember we were waiting for Maybe it was Decrups, maybe it was Front 242 to come on the stage and they had Nitzareb's Murderous playing. And the whole crowd came in at the with the introductory line, right, to sing. And it was like, it was, everyone literally was together and in time on the same page. Everyone knew the song. It, you really felt, you know, like a, a part of something in that crowd. That sounds super cool. Now, it was. how are you doing research for this book, though? There's a couple different dimensions of the research. So part of what I am doing, like there's one chapter on all the modern rock 500s and uh, 97 best ofs, right? So sort of digging deep into all those Excel files. Thank God they're mostly Excel files. (laughs) Um, uh, And sort of seeing things like, how did the composition of modern rock 500 change over its 20 years, right? Like how did the top 10 and 25 change? How is the, like, one of the things I looked at is looking at, like, well, how is the 1999 Modern Rock 500 different than the 89 Modern Rock 500? Like, what artists that were out, what songs were out in 1989 but did not appear on the 89 chart appear on the 99 chart? Right? So, like, there's a lot more David Bowie, like, old David Bowie on the 99 Modern Rock 500 than the 89. So, sort of seeing how the, the Modern Rock 500 changes and evolves over time, that's Part of what I'm doing with the research, and that just that's just a lot of Excel uh, <laughs> wizardry. Other things I'm doing are again sort of looking at newspaper archives to see how the station was talked about at 
you know, various points across its history. Also, at some point, uh, probably 91, 92, the national music press starts to really catch on to 97X and sort of seeing uh, how it's talked about, uh, you know, at the, at the national level. I was supposed to go visit uh, Austin uh, this spring. That trip got canceled. So at some point, I'll dig through the station archives. I'm looking at the Wayback Machine. Um, so the Internet Archive has, um, I think the first time it looked at the website and preserved it is from 1998, right? So looking at the Wayback Machine, there's um, some of the boards are captured on the Wayback Machine. I was really happy about that. That's great. Um, to see the message boards. Yeah, at some point I hope to get um, some kind of grant or something to catalog all that the Wayback Machine has of the website. Because it's there, but there's a lot there, but nobody knows what we have from the Internet Archive, right? So I think having some kind of catalog of that would be helpful so people can be like, I'm interested in, like, there are, um, like, the, the station schedule gets captured sometimes, right? Like, I want to look at the station schedule or I want to look at Randomville, right? Like, that thread <laughs> over time, right? So having that, looking at that, eventually I'm going to get stage of doing interviews with people once I have sort of enough information to know like these are questions I want to ask it's lots of different kinds of research looking at different kinds of things right sort of what was played um, how it was talked about in the press how 97x talked about itself um, I've been looking at um, so the Dayton Daily News does a really good job of reporting on breakfast club antics throughout the years <laughs> right um, so uh, looking at things like that um, promotions, definitely going to talk about Elvis and the, the Elvis statue, which I, I didn't remember was from some guy on Tylersville Road, which is a Lakota grad close to my heart. So Unfortunately, it's taken uh, the toll. Uh, that one is no longer around. So I'm glad you're going to memorialize yeah. the chainsaw art Elvis. <laughs> Termites always uh, get the last laugh, oh, yeah. I guess, is what that happens, is right. right? But Robin, a, a, a lot of your work is, is like it's... It's deep. How did you get to that point from music fan to then saying, I really want to get in there and study this and get to the why behind these things? That's a great question. Um, so I was uh, an oboe major at Miami University as a freshman. So I came in, I was in the marching band, I played piccolo, and I thought I wanted to be a high school band director when I went to college. But then I started taking music theory classes and I was like, oh, I like the the sort of mechanics, right? I like to sort of pull up the lid. And I was also taking philosophy classes at Miami at the time. So I was studying philosophy and music and I realized like what I liked about music were these sort of philosophical questions about why do people think certain things are good and why do they think certain things are bad or why is music in a specific society organized in a particular way and how does that fit with sort of other values that a society has, right? So I was interested in these really philosophical questions about music and that's that's kind of how I got to how I am today. I, I, I am a philosopher of music, uh, I guess, by training. So I've written about things like, um, like I guess the clearest example would be in that, in that 2015 book, there's this technique from dubstep that people like Calvin Harris and David Guetta took and used it to build climaxes in songs, right? So like Rihanna's We Found Love is an example of that, or Gangnam Style uses that technique too, to build a climax, right? So I was interested in like, so why is this compositional technique 
relevant now, right? As opposed, like, why do people find this meaningful now? And I argued that it's sort of a, a musical representation of ideas of resilience, right? Sort of crashing something and bouncing back bigger and stronger afterwards, right? So again, sort of thinking about the relationship between how songs work and ideas that are common or trendy in a society, right? So sort of, again, thinking about how, like, how, how broader social ideas and practices impact how music is written, how music is heard and understood. Kind of, I guess, how I would describe the, the object of, of what I study, right? Like that's, those are the questions that motivate me as a scholar. Where can folks, uh, if they want to dive into to some of your academic work and your writings, you have a website, correct? I do have a blog named after a gang of four songs. So it's it's with no apostrophe dash her dash factory dot com. So think of the gang of four song. It's her factory. And just put dashes in between. Got it. And some of the stuff that you've talked about today is is on there. Yeah, including um, I just workshopped. Uh, a long, uh, about an hour long talk on the Modern Rock 500 that I'm actually supposed to give, assuming we're allowed to travel in spring 2021, uh, I'm going to give a lecture on the Modern Rock 500 at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in May 2021. So oh, I'll have... I'm there. Road trip. <laughs> yeah. Road trip. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll have information about that. We might have it Memorial Day weekend just to sort of have it nicely coincide with know that it's on the modern rock 500 why not have it memorial day weekend but more details to follow so on 97xbam.com i i did find kind of your draft version of that presentation so i'll, I'll link to that great awesome and so are you still able to go to a concert and just enjoy it at the music level <laughs> oh yeah definitely definitely um, good deal and there's definitely like music i listen to for work and music i listen to for enjoyment my YouTube algorithm is totally messed up for that reason. <laughs> um, you know, it's like Beyonce and Atari Teenage Riot. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely have like personal listening and work listening and I, you know, sometimes they overlap. And are you, um, you know, still busting out the oboe for a tasty, you know, solo every once in a while? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, although I was... Uh, really happy that uh, R.E.M. had an oboe in night swimming. I thought that was cool. But um, I, I stopped really playing oboe in grad school. Um, I was in an electro clash band in the early 2000s in Chicago. That was pretty fun. I, I DJ sometimes at parties, but I mostly most of the music I make now is on a computer and not not on a traditional sort of instrument like an oboe. Well, we know you have listened to this podcast before, so you know that once we get to two durations of Bella Lugosi's Dead, we, we wrap it up. So we, we've reached that point. I, I mean, I could talk all day with you. It's fascinating. At some point, I might actually understand a little bit of what you're talking about. But He's got to uh, go back to school for that. Exactly. But we look forward to hearing more about the 97X book and then your lecture you mentioned, hopefully if we're able to travel, up at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And so when we post this podcast, we'll, we'll have links to all that as well. Great. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and an honor. This has been great. Fantastic. Thanks, yeah. Robin. Robin, thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, y'all. 97X.